most of what I got to say, I, I don't write. When I was took communion standing back there, I had this thought come to my mind. Did Jesus have fear any time? Hmm? You think he did? Yeah, when he was kneeling yeah, in the Garden of Gethsemane, knew what was ahead of him. He was praying and he sweat drops of blood. Yeah, a son of man, he had the same kind of body we did. Yeah. But he went through it. In fact, he asked the Father if that cup could pass from him. And he knew the Father's will and he just kept saying, that's the will of the Father. It's the will of the Father. It's the will of the Father. Yeah. It goes along a little bit with this message. It does. Ask, seek, and knock. The reason why I, I went and studied this a few months ago, because I had like a, an issue with God, so to speak, about healing. And why when I would ask for healing, then in some cases it didn't happen. The way I thought it should happen, put it that way. And so I decided to study, ask, seek, and knock to find out what that was all about. And um, so I found out yesterday morning, late morning, that Tim couldn't be here. For various reasons, I can't really, I don't even know why. He just can't be here. And so, um, be praying uh, for Tim, Pastor Tim, and Carrie and the family uh, for them. Okay? We pray for one another. We should always. The Word says that we are to pray for we as believers first, and then we pray for others. Yes. All right? So that our feet are shod with the gospel of peace. That means a lot. Everywhere we go, our feet carries us. That we're ready with the gospel of peace. All right? So people can be healed. So people can be delivered from their problems and issues. Find salvation through Jesus Christ. Be ready for that. Yeah. Um, I got to put on some reading glasses. So hopefully this goes well with this mic. Yeah. Here we go. I look more like a pop now, I guess. <laughs> um, ask, seek, and knock is pretty well all together in one thing of ask. If you look at the letters of ask, it's A-S-K, which is ask, starts with the A, and is seek, S, and the K for knock. And I even looked that up for the crazy silliness of it, just see what it, if the Greek words were the same way, and they were. It's, it's kind of funny how that is. But uh, So what about asking and seeking and knocking? And so I want to do a little bit of reading here. Um, what it says in, in, uh, in my commentary right here, I felt led to do it that way. Um, let me see here, where am I at? Anyhow, asking is, is in a sense of 
obviously, you're praying. This is a relationship with Jesus Christ. This is intimacy with Jesus Christ. As we has, I had shared about the Lord's Prayer a while ago in my messages. I did that twice, and that is intimacy with Jesus Christ. It's Jesus that was teaching His disciples how to pray. Um, and this is also, it's a continuing message for His disciples to teach them how to pray and what you say and, and what you don't. Even before He even said about the Lord's Prayer, He said, you don't pray this way. Sometimes He had to do that to tell us what the the not to do so that we know what to do, like the Pharisees did. Don't want to be showy about it. You're just talking to the Father, and especially in your alone time with God. And that's when a lot of these asking and seeking and knocking happens is the alone time with God. And that's what he's teaching his disciples. And so in this Asking, we asked, not in doubt. There's faith involved in this message of ask and seek and knock. Uh, I'm going to be sharing a story from the Old Testament of, of one of the faith heroes. And we have the promises of God that we rely on. We have faith on that. And we have many promises in the, in the New Testament, many promises. In fact, more promises than what the, the, the faith heroes had. They basically had one. And so when we ask, we ask in faith and we don't doubt. One of the things that I read was that if we don't have faith, then we have unbelief. And that's why our prayer may not be answered the way we want it to be answered. Because we do have unbelief. Seek. Seeking is with your whole heart. It goes along with asking. Seek goes with the whole heart. He wants your whole heart. What's in your heart? What's in your heart? And he's there in your heart. In fact, he wants you to ask for him. That's really what he's, his driving is to in the ask, seeking, and knocking. Asking, what are you asking for? That's the other question that I have. And I think so many times in our asking, we're asking for things that we really don't need. And I think a lot of times we go into the material blessings instead of our spiritual blessings. We actually are asking for stuff that our eyes are fixed on, and it isn't fixed on the unseen, it's fixed on what's seen. You see what I'm saying? And I think that's what God wants us to see. He's always pointing us to Him, the unseen. Even the faith heroes of old. They didn't see the face of God, but they were looking for the unseen. They heard his voice. Knocking is persistence. You keep knocking. That's faith. That's faith. Just keep knocking. 
and the door will be open. You know, you ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and the door will be open. And it sounds pretty simple and easy. You know, you can, you can pop that verse in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, you could pop that out and use it for a lot of different areas, but not really getting the whole context of that scripture. That's sometimes what we do to please ourselves. I can just ask for anything and everything I want. And it, it needs to be to the according to the will of God. Always to the will of the Father. So that when we pray, that we ask for the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you, the Holy Spirit knows how to pray. <laughs> In fact, I was standing back there, this has been some years ago, and I was having a hard time in my alone time with God. And I wasn't, wasn't really going well. I was kind of sad about it. And uh, I wasn't having a good time. And I don't even know what was being preached or anything. But I got this vision of this being the throne room. And Jesus and the Holy Spirit were kneeling in prayer, interceding for us. And I noticed that they were chuckling. They were having a good time. And then they turned their heads and looked at me, and they brought their arms up, and they said, come on. We're having a good time. So can you. And that spoke to me loud and clear, because I wasn't having a good time. <laughs> but they were. And so we need the power of the Holy Spirit to pray through us, and sometimes pray for us, they know how to pray. They know what pleases the Father. Jesus intercedes for us all the time. Now, I don't know how he does all that stuff at one time, but he does. He does. And he prays for us. He loves us. He wants us to see us prosper. He wants us to living in faith with him. He wants us to have the good things. Him. He's got a lot of good stuff for us. He's got treasures in heaven for us. He wants us after Him and believing in Him and trusting in Him and hoping in Him. The power of the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit of love, joy, and peace, and patience, and long suffering, and, and self discipline. It takes discipline to be obedient to the Lord. It takes discipline to fall on your face before the Lord. It takes discipline to spend a couple hours each day listening to Him and reading His Word and studying. It does. It's a living sacrifice to do that. It's a living sacrifice. We talked about that Wednesday night. And so be that living sacrifice in asking God Make sure that is into the will of God. You need to read his word to know his will in your life. Ask him, you know, the Holy Spirit, should I ask the Father for this? Is this really what I need? I can make a confession. I, some time ago, I asked the Lord, I said, I want 18 million in my account. <laughs> yeah, isn't that funny? But I was serious. I was serious. You know? And I kept asking him. 
It ain't there. Uh, you know, I think the Lord told me, he said, how do you think I was going to put it in there? You know, steal from somebody else and stick it in there through the banks, you know? I don't think so, you know? So we need to, we need to know what to ask for. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> ask the Holy Spirit. He knows. He knows what you need. He knows what you need. He knows what your heart needs. Yeah. He knows all about you. Your comings and goings. He knows. Ask, seek, and knock. Give him your whole heart. Empty it out for him. Empty it out for him. Yeah. It's beautiful when you do that. It's hard sometimes to make confession. I'm going to tell you something. If you do it daily in your one alone time with God, most likely you don't have to do it in front of a bunch of people when it really gets bad. Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, I want to share a story of my own testimony about asking and seeking and knocking. And this has been over 20 years ago. And... I had a lot of low self-worth. I had a, a big ball of knots in my gut that hurts. And uh, I didn't think much about myself. Didn't really, I didn't even like writing my name down. So, and I had some stuff in my head, images that I didn't need to have there. And uh, I went to this place of conference and heard this man called Wesley Duell, and he preached about prayer. And he was a spirit-filled man. He had been in the mission field for 24 years, and he was president of it. And he was 83 years old when he came and taught the men. And when he got up to speak, he was filled with the Holy Spirit and love would just pour out of his eyes. And I seen that, and I sat there and cried. I wanted what he had. So I bought two of his books. You can touch the world through prayer and let God guide you daily. And I begin to, I read those books and I begin to pray, asking God to get rid of that stuff in my head and who I was. And it was like two or three years after that because it wasn't happening here. That kind of stuff of getting rid of that wasn't happening here. And he took me a place in Columbus, Ohio with the youth group at the Send House. Now, I didn't know that was, this was going to happen. Didn't know it at all. But I had a prayer, same prayer almost every day to God, take this mess away. And so it was on a Saturday evening, and we had one last session of worship and a message from the one, the leader that was there. And uh, the whole theme was, was jumping to the river. They had a mural on the wall of a river with swamp and briars around it. And they said, jump into the river, which was the Holy Spirit. And so that night, uh, they told us to go out and find a, a place of our own and just to pray and ask God what he wanted from us to do. And I felt as a leader... Uh, as far as uh, I was a co-leader, and 
my wife was there, and Janae was there, my son Justin was there, and my son Andrew was at Rosedale with a choir. I think it was a choir, uh, choral camp. There you go. And uh, but he came, he came that evening, that day, and was there at the send house. And uh, so after that message, after we were praying, he. He asked us guys to go into a room in the send house. This was like above a garage in this whole space. And so the women and the, and the men were all in that one place to worship and all. And so then the women stayed in the garage. Us guys went down into the living room. And, and, uh, and so Conrad Esch uh, shared his testimony. Sean Eicher shared his testimony. And what I heard from Conrad Esch is what I wanted. And... Uh, my favorite son-in-law, who wasn't my son-in-law at the time, went first to the chair. I don't even know what you said. It was, it was going on with me so much, and my heart was stirred, and I knew I had to go sit in that chair. And so it was like I couldn't hardly wait till Eric got done, and uh, we prayed for him, and after prayer, Everybody gave him a bear hug. I don't know if you remember that or not. But that impressed upon me. And the prayers that I heard impressed upon me. And so I looked at Conrad and I said, it's like your testimony. That was all I said. And I began to cry. And then I said, low self-worth has got to go. I sat down in that chair and I heard confirmation after confirmation after confirmation from them guys. There was no condemning comment, not whatsoever. It was nothing but love. And Conrad S. prayed that last prayer for it to be cast out in the name of Jesus, everything in me, and it did. It came up through my chest and came out my head and left. What if I would have never asked? What if I would have never sought the Lord and kept persistently knocking? I mean... God took me to Columbus, Ohio. He found a place and the right one for me to hear what he had to say. He loves you. He loves you that much. He loves you. He loves you. He does. So there's a story in the Old Testament, and it was... I was looking up words in the Bible about asking. That's what I first did. And the first one was uh, Jacob. You got Abraham, Isaac, and then Jacob. And these three guys were faith heroes. It's mentioned in, in Hebrews chapter 11. If you look at that and hear about the faith heroes, they had faith. And uh, Jacob, it's a long story, really. I'm not going to go through the whole thing. There's a lot there. But it's 20 years from the time that he got his brother's birthright because he was born second. He was a twin to Esau. But he got his birthright. And his mom, well, his Jacob, his name meant deceiver. That's what his name meant. And I don't know who... What parent would want to give their name that means that? Sorry, Jacob, wherever you're at. But that's not, that's not what your name means today. 
But back then, it, it, it meant, it, 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 it served it well of what it meant because that's what he did. And his mom was a part of that. You know, putting goat skin on his arms and trying to act like he was Esau. And his dad said, because he was blind, his dad said, you know, I, I, you, know you, have, you feel like Esau, but you don't sound like him. So he gave him the firstborn blessing. And then when Esau came back, found out, he cried. He cried. And then later he said he wanted to kill him. So Jacob had to leave, and he travels to his uncle Laban in Gilan, and uh, starts life there. And and he's seen a, a lady that he liked, Laban's daughter Rachel, and then Rachel. he got deceived on there too. But anyhow, so years later, twenty years later of living there, and he. He had cattle like I don't know what. Yeah. And he did some deceiving on that too. <laughs> yeah, he did. Uh, and so he was getting ready to leave. And Laban, his father-in-law, didn't even know it. And I don't know how. I mean, they had to have piles of land because they had cattle like, it must have yeah. been thousands of, of cattle heads. And they had maidservants and manservants. I mean, they had an operation. And so he gets ready and to leave, and he, he, he's leaving. And he's heading back home to the promised land. And he knows what his brother wanted to do to him. And so he prays to the Father. Now, that doesn't say how many times he prayed, but he prayed to the Father. He asked the Father. Will you protect me when I go back to my hometown? And remember, Father, of the promise that you gave Abraham. That was Scripture. He didn't have a Bible. He didn't have a scroll. He counted on that promise. Because he knew that he was in that line from Adam to Jesus and that seed. He didn't know Jesus' name, just knew that there was a seed coming, that one seed, and he counted on that promise. So we can count on promises and we can remind God. <laughs> he did. He reminded him. You remember the promise because the promise would be broken if he'd, if he'd have got killed. And so, here he goes on his journey, heading towards the promised land. And along the way, with other things that happened, he uh, had a wrestling match with a man. And he found out after his hip was touched in this wrestling match that it, it went out of socket. You know, he didn't, the man didn't grab his leg and do it some way to get his, you know, out of socket. He just touched it. And Jacob realized that it was God or an angel or something. He said, I've seen the face of God. And God asked him, 
He said, what's your name? So he reminded them what his name was, Deceiver. See, Jacob wrestled with God, (laughs) in a sense. He was giving him his whole heart. In fact, they wrestled all night. And neither one of them could beat each other until his hip went out of socket. And that was the end of that wrestling match. That had to be painful. I mean, he went with a limp the rest of his life. Yeah, can't imagine. But that reminded him. And he got a new name. Israel. Israel means God fights. And the Israelites, you know, needed to hear that. That name, Israel. God fights for us. He fights for us, guys. He does. When we call upon his name, they knew when they called upon his name that he came. Yeah, there were many times where they were looking on other things and not on the unseen. And they cried out to God. My lands, the Israelites in Egypt cried out to God. It took 80 years for them to get delivered out of Egypt. He had to, he had to grow up a man like Moses to take on the task after he met the burning bush. Yeah. Yeah. And so God is still that way today, guys. And we got many promises to lean on. Many a promise. It's beautiful. Let's trust in Him. Let's ask and seek and knock. And guys, when you give Him your whole heart, let Him and the power of the Holy Spirit to touch you and to, to, to examine your heart. Clean, give me a clean heart, O oh God. He loves to clean your heart out. He He knows the effect of it. He knows what will happen. Let me tell you, when my heart was cleaned out, I couldn't stop sharing it. I shared it 11 times that week before I shared my testimony right up here to people I didn't even know. I was overflowing. There was a man that I was doing work for didn't have a clue what happened to me. And I was walking from my trailer to his door and he came out and hopped in his pickup to go to work and he rolls his window down and he says, Carl, man, you're floating. He said, what'd you do, lose weight? So I went over and and shared with him what happened. Gave my testimony. This is what happened. This is why I'm floating. I mean, my feet were on the sidewalk. I don't know what he's seen. You know, I guess I had this dance or something. I don't know, but I was, I was working. I'm a carpenter. I was doing remodeling in his house. Yeah. I was pretty straightforward with him. I shared what my issues were. I wasn't hiding it. And so that's what happens. Yeah. Some of you all know. You know. But even today, sometimes things slip in your heart. Sometimes we slip up. We may not be practicing it, but we slip up and we fail. And we need to get that 
taken care of. We do. I know. I know. Hurts slip in sometimes. Yeah. And we got to keep it cleaned out. It's up to us to do the asking. It's up to us to do the seeking. It's up to us to do the knocking. God's there. And he did it. He, he did everything for us to accomplish that. He sure did. He did everything. <laughs> yeah. Allow him to work in your life. Be obedient to the Father. Yeah. That's my message today. He's a loving God. He loves all of you. Ministry team, any word of knowledge? All right. You can't grab this mic. You have to pull it off my ear. Can you get that set up? And I'll have prayer as soon as he has done with a word. Um, it's funny because during worship, the Jonathan stood up here and said to lay all your burdens down. Mm-hmm. Because while I was down here on my face, the Lord was giving me the same exact word. Um, and if you're carrying any burdens in here this morning, God wants you to bring it to the cross. This is the cross. Yeah. Right here is the cross. Okay? God wants you to bring it to the cross because he don't want you carrying it. He don't want you leaving out of this house t- today carrying burdens. He wants, he, wants, he wants you to lay them down. And just like Carl said, um, if you got some stuff that needs to get cleaned out, bring it to the cross and get it cleaned out. Give it to him. And that was um, the word kept just given to me the whole time Carl was talking. So um, that's what I got. Anyone else? Who here, because it's been a while, remembers Tucker? Bishop Tucker? Yep. Man, God has been putting this story on my heart all week. So Tucker, Oscar Tucker, um, shot a man, killed him years ago. Went to prison. Should have been there for life. I don't know how many years he served. Yeah. But he was released, like, really, really early. And we had a weekend conference where mm-hmm. Dan Moeller came. Yep. Remember? The place was packed. And I remember him coming, because he would just come with his tribe and visit. They had a church in Dover. And he stood there where Jonathan is, and Dan put his hand on him, and he said... You are forgiven, and you are free. And Rusty and I were sitting about where he is now, and we watched him. He just was bawling and, and just walked right out of the church. And I, I didn't know any of the story about yeah. I just knew he had found Jesus right. and had a church, but I didn't know this about he had killed a man. Yeah, Dan didn't know it either. Yeah, Dan didn't know it. Dan didn't know anybody here. No. So sometimes I think what God is trying to say is we might get free physically or legally, 
But Oscar hadn't been set free in his soul, Mm -hmm. in his spirit. He was still carrying that pain and that guilt and that shame around. And that's never what God intended. And it wasn't until that night when he came up that he left for the first time completely free. And that's what God wants for us. He never wants us to just be partially free. He wants us to be entirely free. So if you're not entirely free, just come up and let us pray for you and just finish it here. So just like Oscar, when you leave, you leave completely free and healed. Amen. Yeah. Let me pray. Uh, Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for the gospel of peace. We thank you for what you have done for us, Jesus. Suffer greatly so that we could be set free, cleaned up. And I know Jacob, that's part of the story that I didn't even say. Esau ran. And hugged his brother. He had a heart that was changed. Thank you, Father, for that. And all that stuff was done before, right on the threshold of him entering the promised land once again. Listen to that. Well, he wasn't a pastor at that time. No, 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 no. He was in drugs or something like that. Huh? How do you get over God? God. I know. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, I just can't. I think it was a drug deal that had gone bad. Yeah. I think it was a drug deal that had gone bad. He was? Yeah. Yeah, he found Jesus in prison. Yeah. 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 But God heals. Look at Paul. Apostle Paul. Yeah, David. Yeah, David. King David. Yeah. Yeah. You get humble. <laughs> you got to be humble when you do ask, seek, and not. Right. Yeah. So, Father, I release the congregation right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, and take this gospel, take this freedom with you wherever you go, and spread it to wherever you go. Be blessed today. Be blessed today. Pray for one another, okay? And if you need, want to come forward to be set free, we're here to do that. So, Father, I thank you for that. Blessings in Jesus' name. Amen.